Happy holidays, everyone. We all know the story of the Grinch who stole Christmas. I have three Grinches who decided to steal Christmas, not by taking presents, but by taking lives. The Covina Massacre. It's December 24th, 2008 in Covina, California. Sylvia Ortega is having a party with family and friends, including an eight-year-old girl that made 25 people. Everyone was having a good time until 11.30 p.m. There was a 26th guest. It was not Santa Claus. Instead, Sylvia's ex, Jeffrey Prado, decided to borrow Santa's suit and crash the party. Unfortunately, it was the eight-year-old who opened the door. Before she could say, it's Santa, Jeffrey shot her in the face. Thankfully, she was only injured. He opened fire on the rest of the guests without even a ho, ho, ho. The guests started to jump out of the windows and do their best to escape the bullets. One person was shot in the back, but managed to dial 911. Prado was not happy with just shooting. Jeffrey pulled out a present he unwrapped as if to congratulate himself for what he was doing. Once unwrapped, revealing a homemade flamethrower that he used to burn down the house with the guest left inside. Prado had previously set up a getaway plan that involved a rental car parked 10 blocks away from the crime scene Within this rental car, you would find a good amount of guns and ammunition. He also had $17,000 stashed away in his girdle. Now, the one thing he was not planning on was the third degree burns he received because of the fire heat caused in Sylvia's home. Mr. Parado drove to his brother's house in Silmar, California to tend to his wounds. Finding the apartment alone at the moment, Parado took action into his own hands and decided to take his own life. Sorry, Jeffrey. Plans change. Jeffrey Parado killed nine people in this incident. The rest were injured from burns or shot wounds. Sylvia lived, but unfortunately, she lost family members in this incident. Christmas may be on the 25th, but from now on, the 24th will be a reminder of the hell she survived. The Whole Laver Murders Christmas Eve 2002 in Middletown, Pennsylvania. Unlike Sylvia, who held a party for 25 people, Jean Holaver had a dinner and it was only for her and three others. Her daughters, Victoria, age 15, Elizabeth, age 20, and her baby granddaughter, Madison, who belonged to Elizabeth. As they slept, Ernest Holaver and his brother Scott decided to break in like criminals from the child movie Home Alone. Ernest had no intentions of robbing. You see, Ernest had been accused of child rape against 12 other girls, and also both of his daughters. 
he would be trialed in three weeks. I'm guessing he didn't like his odds. Keeping in mind he didn't want his daughters to testify against him, he was not going to take that risk. Ernest was going to silence them for good. Ernest one by one completed his task, leaving a nine-month-old baby alone to fend for herself. As Ernest fled the scene, Scott was waiting for him a block away, ready to drive off and get rid of the weapons. 28 hours later, the bodies would be found, and so would baby Madison. It seemed he had done sloppy work, because it didn't take long for them to find clues that pointed them in his direction. They got search warrants and were able to apprehend both Ernest and Scott Holaver. Scott got 12 and a half to 25 years, while Ernest got the death penalty for the three murders. This was without the rape charges against him. Scott stated that Ernest was going to pick up his dog. I'm glad the officers didn't buy it. Ernest took others' lives, and now they're taking his. A small price to pay for killing your own family. Murder of the Lawson Family This goes back to 1929. Location, Germantown, North Carolina. The only thing that remains from this family are the tombstones, and an eerie picture I'll make sure to post. In this picture, every single one of the kids is looking at the camera, except for the mother and the father, who are looking at the sides. They seem to show some marital troubles. Well, before the murder occurred, on December 25th, their oldest was sent away on an errand, and he wouldn't return until after the crime. It was tradition for Mary to wake up early to prepare the Christmas cake. The two youngest girls, Carrie, age 12, and Maybelle, age 7, decided to go visit their aunt. They took off excited with what I can only guess is happiness and cheer that they wanted to share. Behind the barn was their father, Charlie, waiting for them. Not with presents, but a shotgun. He shot both of his young daughters, and just to make sure they were dead, he bludgeoned them, dragging their bodies inside the barn. He was just getting started. He walked to the house. On the porch sitting was his wife, Fanny, age 39. Charlie shot her and moved inside the house, waiting for him was Mary of age 17 and the two younger boys, James who was four years old and Raymond age seven. Being able to tell her father was long gone, Mary made sure to tell the boys to hide and those would be her last words. After shooting Mary, Charlie searched for the boys. Soon enough the boys were found and murdered. You probably think he would have shown some mercy for baby Lou, who was only two years old and the only one left. Baby Lou didn't even get shot. Instead, she was bludgeoned to death. Charlie walked to the woods and took his own life, leaving a letter that didn't explain why he had killed off his family. Arthur, age 19, came home 
probably expecting hugs and greetings, but what he found was a gruesome scene. The bodies were found laying next to each other with their arms crossed over their chest and had rocks like pillows. Years later, it would be found out that Charlie had an affair with his oldest Mary. In a sleepover with a friend, Mary had confessed that she was pregnant with her own father's baby. Fanny had confronted Charlie, but no one was around to hear what exactly the argument was about. Being a husband who was accused of adultery, especially committing incest, now he must have felt cornered. So he had in mind, face the truth or just get rid of it all, even if it meant killing his own family. Arthur lived until 1949, where he had a motor vehicle accident and passed away, leaving behind a wife and two children. This case was disturbing at the least. Adultery, incest, and finishing it off with assassinations. There is no words that I can put together to bring this to an end, so I'll just stay silent. The holidays is no exception for human monsters. They don't take days off, they don't bring presents, just inhumane actions. Make sure to listen to the next episode. Thank you for listening.